to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Amen. So we're kicking off a new series today, and you got to forgive me. I I don't have slides and notes, but I promise you, take out a pen, take out a paper. I'm going to give you some good stuff. It's going to be good today. I promise you, we are committed. This is a growth series. Somebody say a growth series. We are committed to growing in God. I believe that we should not be at the same place this year that we were last year. Hello, somebody. And I believe that every single year we ought to see some incremental growth or even some substantial growth in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, today we're kicking off a new series called entitled Strive for Five. Anybody, anybody, who got your bracelets on today? Let me see you throw the bracelets up. Yeah, yeah, get your bracelets. We're striving for five today. And so we're going to be in this all month long. Uh, This is National Reading Month. And so we are, we have a twofold purpose uh, because we are going to be striving for five. And what striving for five literally means, and you hear me talk a little bit more about this, is learning five passages of scripture and placing them in your heart, scriptures that you don't already know, so that you can grow in the word of God. Amen. We are going to be growing in the Word of God this month. And so, but also along with that, we know that there is a deficiency in our city, the city of Highland Park. We do not have a library in this city. But uh, we are going to be doing some, some, some great things this spring and summer. And so during this month, we are having a book drive. Any new or used books, bring them in. Bring them in, because what we're going to be doing during the spring and summer, we are going to put, we know that God has initially called us to these first five streets of the, of the city of Highland Park, Geneva, Florence, Louise, Easton, and Moss. And so m- m- many of you probably have seen them in other, in other cities. Uh, how many have seen those curbside little book libraries? We're going to be planting some and, and building some in the city of Highland Park to assist with the literacy gap here in this city. Amen. Amen. If, if, if they're not, amen, you can clap for that. You can clap for that. If they're not going to open back up McGregor Library, we're going to open up our own libraries and have them available on every street corner here in the city of Highland Park so that people can know and fall in love with reading all over again. And yeah, we'll have some Bible books in there, but we're asking for Bible books, regular books, you know, Dr. Seuss. You bring them all. Bring them all in. Bring them all in because we want to see uh, um, our literacy gap shrink so that people can begin to understand the importance of a quality education and what it how, how much it means to read. Second Peter, Second Peter, turn in your Bible, Second Peter chapter one, Second Peter chapter one, uh, verses one through eleven is where is where we're gonna start, but it's gonna be another one of those finger licking Sundays when you now finger licking really only works if you got a Bible. You know, you, you, you can't be licking your finger trying to turn pages and, and swiping up on your smartphone or your, because that'll mess up your screen and everything else. So 
For those of you who have an actual Bible, it's going to be a finger-looking Sunday. For those of you who don't, and you, you use your Bible on your, on your iPad or, 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 or on your smartphone, that's fine too. You're just going to be swiping. You're just going to be swiping. And it's not going to be a swipe left, swipe right. Don't try to tender the Bible. Um, you know, don't like this scripture or not like this scripture. We take in the whole Bible. Amen, somebody. Amen. So we're going to be just doing some things. But this new series, Strive for Five, this came from a concept. And we have some people here in the medical profession, pages here, and some of the others are here who, who, um, who know what I'm talking about because there is a, 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 um, uh, a, push even in the medical industry that where they really do strive for you to know your numbers. How many people have heard a doctor or somebody in the medical profession say something about know your numbers? What they're talking about is knowing your five vital signs, your five vital signs. These are numbers that you should monitor regularly. Things like your pulse rate. I have on a Fitbit and uh, where's Mario? He's not, is he not here today? M M Mario and Aubrey and even my wife, we're in a, a little friendly competition. Oh, yeah, Toshiba's also there. She's a friend of mine on Fitbit. And, um, you know, I'm doing okay. I got to pick it up a little bit. But uh, since I have told you all that I'm, I'm, I'm committed to my health and wellness this year, making sure that I'm the healthiest that I can be for you and, and, and for the work that God has for us to do, I'm down 15.5 pounds. I'm going to keep giving you these updates because hopefully somebody's going to catch on and, and join me on this, on this thing. But uh, your pulse rate, your blood pressure, your weight... You know, I got a few more pounds before I cross back over to the other side, but that's what I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. So your, your pulse rate, your blood pressure, your weight, body temperature. How many people know what your body temperature should be? I, I didn't hear you. I'm saying I'm hearing a whole bunch of things. Let me ask, let me ask the, the person who's in medical school. 90, between 96 and 98 degrees is what your body temperature should be. Some of you are calling out 98.7 or I, th I think that's a radio station. That, that's, okay, you gotta, gotta make sure we're talking about the same thing here, okay? That's, you're not, we're not, all right, so, and then, the, and then the fifth one is your respiratory rate. That's, that, 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 that's how you're breathing and how, how many breaths you're taking per minute. Um, with my father being in the hospital, you know, these numbers have taken on a whole new meaning for me. I mean, I'm, I'm like, what's his BUN? What's his, where, where's his creatinine level? What's his potassium level? These, these numbers mean something. And where, if your numbers are regulated, that means that you're in those healthy zones, all right? If you're with me, say amen. Even when it comes to how you eat or what you're eating, you should be. Lord have mercy. You should make every attempt to be eating from the five major food groups. See, I'm going to take y'all back to elementary school. How many people know the five major food groups? We have our vegetables. What else we have? Our fruits, our grains, our protein, amen, and even dairy. You got to make sure that you, your daily diet should contain, you know, a combination of, of food from those five major food groups. And so uh, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that Peter begins to talk about 
the importance of not five things, but eight things. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on, on all eight, so don't get worried. We're not going to be here till 3 o'clock. We're going to be here till 2.59. But, um, <laughs> but, but listen, listen, listen to me good. It is important that during this series that we are striving as we are growing in God, amen, that we are striving to feed ourselves the Word of God so that we can grow and mature in the things of God. And so our challenge, let me see you, let me see those, those wristbands up one more time. Our challenge this month, the month of March, is that you obtain, read, and memorize, and not just memorize, but know where it is in the Scripture. Five verses or five passages of Scripture. Now, now there are so many ways that you can accomplish this. I remember when I was in college, I remember when I, was, when I had a, 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 strong, a strong drive to want to wanna memorize the scripture. I would take index cards. Nobody uses index cards anymore because we got real fancy with all this technology. But I would use index cards, and I would write out my verses on the index, index card. And I would put those verses, I got this from my grandmother, because when I would go to my grandmother's house, uh, she would, I, I would go to her kitchen. Poppy, you remember this? Go to her kitchen, and I would open up the cabinet or the, or the pantry to try to get some fruit or, or, or some snacks. And guess what I would see on the cupboard? <laughs> a little three-by-five card with a scripture verse. And so every time we would go there, we would have to see that verse. And I remember some of the verses that were there. I mean, some of the verses from the Psalms. When you would open up the refrigerator, you would see Bible verses there. When you would open up the uh, medicine cabinet in, the, in, in your bathroom, you would see three-by-five cards with verses of Scripture there. So that was what she used, and I adapted that model. There are other people in this house that when they read the Word of God, they'll read it verse by verse, and they may read it three or four times just to get it into their uh, uh, mind, into their spirit. But during this year, we're, we're encouraging everybody, everyone, to, to strive for five and learn five new passages of Scripture that you don't already know. Now, we're going to be doing some fun things, some ambushes with Matt and the video crew, and we're going to be coming up to you and seeing where you are with your Strive for Five, all right? And now, listen, it's an honor system, but, but, don't, but don't, don't start quoting stuff that you learned in Sunshine Band. You know, don't start quoting stuff that you've been knowing all these years. Really challenge yourself. I'm asking everyone, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, challenge yourself to learn, get this word in you. The, the word of God declares, thy word have I hidden in my heart that what? I might not sin against thee. And so we have to get this word in our hearts, and it's important for us to not just get in our hearts, but, but for us to know where the word is found in the scripture so that as you are ministering or witnessing to someone else, you're not stumbling and fumbling, and they, they, they ask you, well, where is that found? And you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Let me Google it. You don't want to go start Googling stuff because Google may be wrong, okay? You want to know this word for yourself. But when we look at the Scripture, Peter gives us eight aspects by which we must pursue if we want to grow in God. Let's look, let's look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. 
it, it begins like this. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. He greets them. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power, now watch this, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Isn't that wonderful? Through these, he has given us every great and precious promise, promises, so that through them, we, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. Now watch this. Starting at verse 5 is where it really gets deep. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Those are the eight facets. Let's continue on. Verse 8, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did y'all get that? If you possess these qualities in an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective. How many people don't want to be ineffective? How many people don't want to be unproductive? Amen. And so we should have the same type of mentality in our growth as a Christian or as a believer. Now watch this. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers, most of all the doers of his word. Listen to this. Since the Lord Jesus Christ is now the center of your life. How many people have accepted Christ into your heart? And he is the center of, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise just for the body of Christ today. Now watch this. Since the Lord Jesus Christ is now the center of your life, and from him radiate the qualities of God, these qualities that God intends for us to have, the Christian life is an ever-growing expanding experience. Just like my, my, my daughters, I have a six-year-old and a one-year-old. My one-year-old is going to be two in June. But my two girls on, the, on our basement door, on the back of the basement door, we have these Sharpie marks on the door. How many people know what I'm talking about? You know, you, you, you may have done it with a pencil or a crayon or something, but you put them against the door and you put the marker there and it is to, for you to measure how tall they were on that date. 
And when you measure how tall they were on that particular day, you put the date along with their initials right there, and you're able to see, hey, on July 1st, 2015, or 2015, uh, they were at this level. We have done this, and they have several marks on the door. Why? Because the natural body, when the body is healthy, it's prone to grow. (laughs) Let me say that again. When your body is healthy, it will grow. When your body is healthy, it will grow. When your life is healthy, you will grow. You know that something's wrong with that baby if that baby remains at that same level for the next five years. You know something is wrong. There's a malnutrition that's going on. There's a defect that's happening. And what do we do when we notice that, hey, something's not right? You know, uh, baby Bobby has, has been two feet tall, and he's six years old. And you, so you know something isn't right. What do we do? We take it to the doctor to find out what's going on with this baby. What's going on with this child? He should be growing. The doctors will be able to tell you that, hey, by this age, he should be in this weight percentile and this height percentile, and his head should be this big. And sometimes the head is bigger than what it should be, and they tell you the head is off the chart. So they'll say all these different things. I can say it because they said it about baby Reagan. They was like, hey, yeah, you know, she's a little, she's a little short for age. She's a little stout for age, but her head. My goodness, that head is just, and Courtney said, well, she got it from her daddy. And I said, okay, I'll take, take that. That's <laughs> what so I said, don't hate me. It's going to work itself out after a while. But we know that, there's, that there are issues if, if we know that we're off in those areas. Listen, let me tell you something. You can't grow properly if you're not been giving your spirit man the right type of nourishment. And some of us, some of us, some of us have been putting our back up against the basement door and having someone take a sharpie over our head to put marks over our head to see how we've grown and we have not noticed any difference, but rather we are seeing the mark just go over the same mark each and every time. Why? Because we have not grown in our faith. We have not grown in the things of God. We're still living and we're still thriving, or I shouldn't say thriving, we're still surviving off of the residue of of, of learning and teachings that we got 10 years ago when we first got saved. Five years ago when we first got saved, there should be some growth and some maturity in the life of every single believer. This is important for us to know. This is important for us to grasp because if we're not growing, guess what? Something's wrong. And Satan, the enemy, wants you to be stagnant in your growth and development spiritually. Because he knows that if I can stifle their growth, if I can cause them not to uh, uh, mature in the things of God, then, I, then what will happen is I will have them right where I want them, and they will never advance in the kingdom of God. But God wants us to advance. So this life, this Christian life, is a growing, expanding experience. It's a fundamental pattern of growth outlined right here in, first, in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, 
verses uh, 5 through 11. Now watch this. Peter gives us, it's almost like a stair step or a ladder, if you will, to climb that leads to maturity, demonstrating that he believed in the law of the process. I've said this before. You got saved one day, but your development as a, as a believer should happen every day, every single day. Every day. You can't take a day off from this thing because God requires us to continue to grow in development. So before I talk about this law of the process, let me talk about what happens in those first few verses of chapter uh, 1, verses 1 through 3. Peter, 2 Peter, the book of 2 Peter begins to emphasize God's, God empowering his people. Like, Like all good fathers, God equips us with everything that we need to do what he has called us to do. And Peter tells us that God has granted us, watch this, all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's right there in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. God's divine power has granted us a divine nature, his divine nature, and we participate in the divine nature by laying hold of the divine promises in verse 4. But we have to cooperate. In other words, we have to get involved with the process with him by developing ourselves. God wants wants you to grow, and God wants to grow you, but he wants you to be involved in the growing process. God wants to bless you, but he wants you to get involved and cooperate with him in the blessing process. We exercise our new nature by being diligent. We are to add virtue to our faith, then knowledge, self-control. What what else is there? Perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and then finally love. When we have gone through this sequence of character development, the divine nature has matured in us. And that's what God longs for us to do. He longs to have his divine nature matured and complete in all of us. Amen? Now, turning your Bibles to Matthew, the 13th chapter, I want to show you something because Jesus talks about this process, and he he begins to say how this process is like a seed. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Matthew 13, verse 31. 31 and 32. If you have it, say amen. If you're still looking for it, say wait on me. I got you. Matthew 13. Matthew, again, is after that blank page in your Bible, in the middle of it, after the Old Testament has come to a conclusion. The book of Matthew is right there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, first of the four synoptic gospels. If you've gone to John, just keep on going backwards. Find your way in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 13, verses 32 and 33. Listen to what it says. Which indeed is the least of all. So let me go back to 31. Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs, and becomes a tree, 
so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Jesus talks about this in in Matthew. The seed is planted, and though it is entirely present, it is very small. Now, don't miss this. As it grows, it becomes large and helpful. Seeds, get this, seeds are complete, yet underdeveloped. Seeds are complete, yet they are underdeveloped. I like what Brother Jefferson says when when he gets up here from time to time to lead us in our giving. He, He says, I can tell you how many seeds are in an apple, but I can't tell you how many apples are in one seed. Because contained on the inside of that seed, guess what, is the potential to be great and mighty things, to grow into a bud, a fruit, flower, bush, tree, strong, mighty, deep roots, where birds come and nest there. Inside of one seed, though, though, though we can't see it, inside of that seed is all of that. And though we can't see it in you right now, but inside of you is all of that. But you have to put yourself in an environment to be developed so that all of that's with, all that is with what in you is able to come out of you. But guess what? What is on the inside of a seed will never come out if you don't put that seed in the right environment. What is inside of a seed will never come forth if you don't do the things that will cause that seed to germinate and break forth and bring forth what's on the inside. So let's talk about the importance of environment. If you just take that seed that you get from that fruit and you put it in your hand and you can pray, speak in tongues, sweat, cry, even fast, can I tell you something? That seed is not going to do anything but continue being a seed. And see, some of us, that's all we want to do is we want to just I prayed for three hours and I'm still dealing with the same thing. Well, guess what? What environment are you placing yourself in that's conducive for your growth and development? There has to be more. Look at somebody that says there has to be more. There has to be more. But when you take that seed and you put it in the dirty ground, Lord, help me in this place today. And you cover that seed up. And you allow the rain to hit the ground where that seed is in. You allow the sun to come up and put sunlight upon that ground where that seed is in. Underground, though you can't see anything at work, underground there's something taking place that greets 
that, that bean or that seed is starting to germinate. It's starting to break forth. Why? Because of the pressure of the ground that's around it. And some of us don't like getting in messy situations. You think that now that you've uh, been born again, you can just be in your little isolated situation and put, and put on your little nice three-piece suit or put on your St. John suit or whatever it is that you may wear and you can just be off to yourself. But let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. Sometimes, just like our brothers and sisters from Ball State and from Michigan State, sometimes it requires you to go into the dirty places. Sometimes it requires you to go into places that are uncomfortable for you. Sometimes it requires you to go into situations that, that, that you've never been to before, but God is going to cause something to happen. God's going to cause a breaking to happen on the inside of you. God's going to cause a stirring to happen on the inside of you. When you move out of your comfort zone and get in a place where God can really use you, he'll begin breaking you forth. He'll begin causing you to come forth. And though nobody will be able to see it, you know that something on the inside is working its way on the outside and bringing about a change in your life. And all of a sudden, your roots start getting real deep. People still walking by and they don't, they don't even think that real new life or real changes even happen in your life. But guess what? God is working something on the inside. Hey, is there anybody in this place that though, though you may not look a whole lot different, you know that there's something on the inside that God is doing in your life, changing your life, changing your desires, changing your habits, changing the things that you used to do behind closed doors. God is getting ready to cause some things to happen in your life, and nobody's going to be able to see it. Nobody's going to be able to give you any recognition. Nobody's going to be able to give you a good, hey, that a boy, or a good pat on the back, but you know deep down on the inside, God is bringing about a change in your life. But it all starts with the seed. That seed that you thought was just just a little morsel. But God says, I'm going to cause you to see that there's potential in that seed. And sometimes you got to go down in dirt. And sometimes the rain has to begin to hit that dirt. And y'all know what happens when rain or water hits dirt. Things get a little muddy. Things going to start getting real messy in some of your lives. But God is going to use your mess to bring about ministry. God is going to use that test to give you a great testimony. And though you may not understand what it is that you're going through or why you have to go through it, let me tell you something. I reckon, just like the Apostle Paul began saying, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Look at somebody and say, trust the process. Look at somebody, somebody else and say, trust the process. Paul, Peter, I'm sorry, Peter, he understands the law of the process. Because watch this, spiritual development happens daily, not in a day. It happens daily, not in a day. 
You have to daily discipline yourself. Uh, 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 I learned this a couple of weeks ago, and let me just share this with you. Let me give this to you. <laughs> Champions do daily what ordinary people do occasionally. Let me say that again. Champions do daily what ordinary people do occasionally. What are you doing that you know is to be a benefit to your spiritual life and development, but you do it every now and then? Maybe it's coming to church. Well, you know, I go to church. Yeah, you know the purple church on Woodward. Yeah, you know. I'll go to occasionally. (laughs) Maybe it's the reading of your word. Oh, yeah, you know, I believe in God. Well, how often do you read your word? Oh, you know, I I, I read occasionally. Maybe it's your prayer life. You say, well, and somebody comes up and asks you, well, how often do you talk to the Father? Well, you know, I talk to him occasionally. If you are going to live the type of life that God wants you to live. My brothers and my sisters, can I tell you something? You have to make a commitment and a discipline to do this thing every single day. Every single day. The wisdom of Solomon suggests that we are to trust in the Lord with some of our ways or with some of our heart with half of our heart, with all of our heart. And watch this, and lean not to your own understanding, but in some of your ways. Huh? In all of your ways, we are to acknowledge him. Well, let me ask you a question. How often do you have ways? How often do you have ways? Every single day. I forget what the statistic is, but it's, it's like some, some crazy number in terms of how many decisions we are afforded to make every single day. It's like 10,000. We make 10,000 choices in our every single day. Watch this. People in prison get about a third of that. Because they've already made some decisions that they did not acknowledge the Lord, and so now they're having to pay the consequences of their bad decisions. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I I, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. So we have to daily acknowledge him. And then what is his promise? He says, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. In other words, he will make your pathway straight. And some of us in our daily walk, it's sad to say, but a lot of us are going through our daily journey and our walk looks like this. Our path is full of jagged edges. And you know why our path is full of jagged edges? They taught us a long time ago that 
the shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. That's what the scripture says. It says, listen, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, and why do we trust him? Because he's trustworthy. And you lean not to your own understanding. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And in all of your ways you acknowledge him, he will make your path straight. In other words, he will cause your steps because the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord. He will cause your steps, your path to be made straight so that you will get to the place where he desires to take you in a shorter amount of time than having to be like the children of Israel and taking an 11-day journey and being out in the wilderness for 40 years. It was an 11-day journey, and here they were wandering. Some theologians and some commentaries begin to depict and say they were walking around the same mountain. And I don't know about you, but, I, but something on the inside of me would say, hey, when I, when I come back around this again, that looks familiar. <laughs> Haven't we been here before? No, 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 shut up, be quiet, no, no. No, 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 seriously. Haven't we seen that rock before? Matter of fact, you put it there. It's the same rock. And it doesn't even click in. But if you would just acknowledge him in all your ways, he wants to make your pathway straight so that you can fulfill your destiny and become all that he wants you to be in the time that he desires for you to do it. So let's look at these eight characteristics. Peter, he, it's almost like he really picks choice words here to describe the sequence of the process. Let's go through this process. He, of course, starts at the foundation, which is faith. Uh, Look, faith, faith is the key. Uh, if, if DJ Khaled was here, he would say it's the major key. I mean, like, like, like it, is, it, is, it is essential. It is the foundation on which we grow spiritually. The scriptures teach us that, watch this, without faith, watch this, listen to this, y'all. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What? <laughs> you mean I can't please if I don't operate in faith? Correct. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if you want to please him, if, if, if you want to really, really please God, guess what? Start operating in faith. Start, start doing some things that require him to be a part of. Start, start making your plan so big that you can fit God in it. Hello, somebody. Stop making these little uh, 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 patty cake plans. Things that you can do all in and of your own self. But invite God into some big audacious plans. Invite God to do some things that you know you can't do on your own. Like the salvation of your family. 
You can't do that on your own. Guess what? You need to step out on faith and invite God to be a part of your conversation with your unsaved family members. Shocker. Stop trying to figure out how your mom or your daddy going to get saved. Talk to God. <laughs> Let him lead and guide you on how your uh, 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 salvation will hit not just you, but your entire household. Your brothers and sisters, your cousins, your auntie, your uncle, your nephew and your niece. Talk to God. It, it amazes me how many of us in the body of Christ go for many, 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 many days. Many, 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 many months. Many, many, I feel like a rapper. Many, 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 many years. And we don't even acknowledge the Lord to say, God, help me with this. <laughs> God, I've been trying to wreck my brain, trying to figure this thing out, but God, God, I need your help. Help me with this. I can only do it if you help me. So God, please, I need your divine intervention. Help me with this. And when you invite him in, guess what? He'll help you. He'll help you. But guess what? It takes faith for you to even open up your mouth and say, God, I need you. <laughs> I need you. It's the foundation of your spiritual growth. Matter of fact, you couldn't be saved if it wasn't for faith. Faith is the key. And so we're starting this series with faith. That's why you got to be here Wednesday night, because we're going to go deeper into what it means to grow in your faith. you got to be here because this is the first time that I'm literally taking what we're doing on Sundays and I'm connecting our Wednesday nights to it. It's going to be a powerful time because I am committed. If you're committed to growing, I'm committed to raising you and making sure you have every tool available so that you can grow and mature in Jesus Christ. Okay? So listen, you want to be here Wednesday night because it's going to be like missing your favorite soap opera. If you miss what happened yesterday, you're going to be lost come next Sunday. So you got to be here on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. But listen, listen to what I'm saying. We, we're starting here in faith because faith is the key which unlocks the door to God. You accepted Jesus into your heart, into your life by faith. By an act of your will, you place all of your hope and for your eternal life in him. At that moment, God entered into your life. At that moment, you began to live the Christian life. New beginnings are always exciting. But let me tell you something, your process of the road ahead should be just as exciting. The process of the road ahead should be just as exciting. You have begun this exciting new life in God. Christ has Oh, it has been so wonderful to take away all of your sins. And now you're ready to grow because you don't have the weight of the sin attached to your life. Now this excitement can stay with every believer just like it was when you first believed. It can stay with you when you experience daily Christian growth. Daily Christian growth. I, I mean, I've been invigorated in my faith. There are two brothers here at the church who... Uh, who don't, uh, well, one who doesn't live here, and I get up every single morning around 4.45 to jump on a phone call with him at 5 o'clock in the morning, and you know what we do? We read the scriptures together. A chapter a day and pray, and then we flip-flop. You read, I'll pray. Tomorrow, I'll read, you pray. It's just that simple. 
And then our friend, Dan, our dear friend and brother Brian Johnson, who most of you know, who's, who's away for the next month. So let's be in prayer for Sarah and Zach and Alex as, 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 as Brian's away for the next month on, 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 for work. He's down there for spring training and, and, and doing his scouting thing, but I've added him to it. So after I get done with my 5 a.m. call, I do a 5.30 call with him, and we do the, the same exact thing. Read, pray. Read, pray. Study God's Word. And this is daily. And let me tell you something. It's been invigorating. It's been exciting. You know why? Because the Word of God will begin to unfold to you in ways that it has never been unfolded to you before when you make a commitment to get into his word. Can I say this? I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Whether you want me to or not, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Your commitments shape you. Whatever it is that you are committed to begins to shape you. Let me take it a step further. Your devotions protect your destiny. And see, some of us really need to watch this because we have to be careful about the things that we're committed to. Are you committed to the things of God? Are you committed to growing in his word? Are you committed? Let me tell you something. When you really get committed about the things of God, those things that you've been struggling with that don't nobody know about will begin to fall off of you. Oh, I, oh I, listen, I, I, I know it to be true. When you start really be taking serious your commitment to God and the things of God, let me tell you something. He'll begin to change your appetite. And you've been wondering, how, well, God, how, how, God, I've been struggling with pornography for so long. How come I can't break this, I can't break this habit? Try changing your, being deliberate in changing your, your habit about the things of him. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place, but I'm going to keep on talking. And watch him break the power of sin over your life. I'm out of time. Let me just give you these things real quick. He says, add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? A life of strong character and discipline. A life of strong character and discipline. I want to give these to you slow so you can write this stuff down. That's what virtue is. Because sometimes we just read these words and we don't really know if we have a full understanding of what that word really means, what this word really means. This is what, so, so faith, that's the foundation on which you grow spiritually. Virtue is a life of strong character and discipline. And then he says, add to your virtue, knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge is an understanding of what God thinks and values. This is what he's talking about here. What is knowledge? It's, a, it's an understanding of what God thinks and what God values. The very thing that breaks God's heart should also break your heart. Then he says, add to your knowledge self-control. Uh-oh. What is self-control? Let me give you this real deep definition of self-control. 
Lean in. Listen, listen, listen. Self-control is the ability to control yourself. Boy, that's, boy, that's deep. I'm, I'm telling you, that thing is deep. But it really is. You need self-control to control yourself. Well, <laughs> I heard my granddaddy saying that, and then he said it, and then I was like, wow. Well, <laughs> but let me give it to you this way. It's the, it, it really is the ability to lead oneself before you can lead others. It's the ability to lead oneself before you can lead others. We don't need a bunch of blind folk leading the blind. We don't need a bunch of lost folk leading lost people. Then he says, add to your self-control perseverance. What is perseverance? The ability to stick to what's right. The ability to stick to what's right. Even if people all around you are saying, ah, oh, we should go that way, and you know you should be going that way. No matter what's going on or what people are saying around you, you stay... God told us to go forward. I'm not turning away from God right now just because things are getting rough. It's perseverance. Then he says, add to your perseverance, godliness. What is godliness? Godliness is simply this, a spirit-filled, spirit-led lifestyle that reflects the Lord. A spirit-filled and spirit-led lifestyle that literally reflects the Lord. Listen, you don't have a light of your own. We are all moons. That, 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 that's really what we are. We're all moons. Because the moon is not a light. It's known as a lesser light because it is simply a reflection of the sun. And see, you, you see, you can't, you can't uh, 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 try to, to portray or be a source of life yourself. You need to be a reflection of not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. We are reflections of Christ so that when, when, when the world gets dark, Lord have mercy, they should be able to see a light. That's why the scriptures say, let your light so shine that men would see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. The entire, the word of emphasis in that entire verse is the word so. Because, see, some of us, we blow it because we try to let the light shine too bright. Walk around, come up on campus, Ball State University carrying a big old Bible up under your arm. And you want to speak in all type of unknown tongues and you can't even talk to someone in English properly. 
I'm, I shouldn't talk to the students. I'm not. I'm. I just use Ball State, not 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 crew, but you know, somebody else. <laughs> but we ought to be have a godliness about us. Characteristic number seven is brotherly kindness. What is brotherly kindness? He says, add to godliness brotherly kindness. Watch this: a lifestyle that is warm, relational and caring. Brotherly kindness is a lifestyle that is warm, relational, and caring. You should really ask yourself, am I warm? (laughs) Don't answer that out loud because, (laughs) but just take an introspective, am I relational or do I really prefer to be left by myself you know I really don't want to deal with nobody else I just me and Jesus thank you that memo breaking news that's not the way of the Lord it's not warm relational and caring and then let me give you the final step on the ladder that Peter begins to lift up and it's simple. Love. Love. It's amazing that the highest quality that enables the believers to sacrificially give to others is the very last thing that he begins to say, and it's love. Love. We have to walk in love every single day. But it's a process in order for us to get there. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.